Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. Hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Thursday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin, the language nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily whenever I feel like posting on TikTok and Tumblr. My username on all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. Now, something really weird happened to me yesterday, and I wanted to share it on the podcast. Many of you know that I will be starting my second degree, my second bachelor's degree, at the University of Calgary this upcoming September. As a matter of fact, my classes actually start in less than one week now. And my second degree is going to be in Mandarin, or rather, more specifically, East Asian Language Studies with a concentration in Mandarin. And as a result, I went and purchased my textbooks a few days ago. One of the classes that I'll be taking is a Mandarin linguistics class, okay? And there's a textbook that basically I needed to purchase that contains all the information you need for the course. So there's a chapter on phonetics and syntax and morphology and blah, 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 all sorts of different aspects of Mandarin linguistics. And me, being the phonetics nerd that I am, (laughs) I love pronunciation and phonetics and phonology and the sounds of a language, I decided that I wanted to look through the phonetics chapter. And I stumbled upon this phonetics chart, okay, which basically contains, um, basically contains how to pronounce every single sound in Mandarin. Now, as I'm looking through this, there are about, I would say, 80 to 90% of the sounds that I've been seeing, like, bang on. Like, I've been saying them very, very well. I've been saying them properly, correct pronunciation, fantastic. The tones got them nailed. So 80, 90% is really, really good. But to my surprise, there was a 10 to 20% of sounds where I was saying them almost correctly, but slightly off. And it blew my mind. I was actually so surprised to see that there were sounds that I wasn't saying 100% correctly. I was so shocked that I didn't even believe the textbook. I went on Google, I went on YouTube videos, and I like looked a lot deeper into it. And turns out that the textbook was right and I was wrong. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And I couldn't believe it because a couple of reasons. First of all, when I've heard myself pronounce things and I've spoken to native speakers and I've been in classes and I've met different Chinese people, everyone's always said, wow, your accent is so good. Your pronunciation is so good. And the reality and what I hadn't realized, right, is that I had become slightly delusional with all the compliments, right? I was like, oh, people are telling me my accent is so good. I feel like I sound really close to native, not perfect, but really close. So I must be saying everything properly. But the reality was, is that my pronunciation, my accent was really more at that 80, 90% level, not at the 100% level. And myself, when it comes to my standards around pronunciation, I usually have a a bar of being at like that, I would say 95, I would say 100% level, but I will accept 95. If If I'm speaking quickly in a conversation, I understand that my tongue might slip sometimes, I might make a couple of minor errors, 
but I basically want to be between that 95 to 100% accurate pronunciation, accurate accent kind of level. And so it was really surprising. And it made me realize a couple of different things. First and foremost, it really gave me empathy around, um, it really helped gave me a level of understanding and empathy how some people really struggle to fix their accents. Because imagine me going through Mandarin, there were a couple of sounds that I was like, oh, I don't say those properly. And to break the habit, you know, I still haven't fully broken the habit. I spent four, maybe four or five hours yesterday, like literally talking to myself, trying to retrain my brain to say those sounds the way they're supposed to be said and not the way that I've been saying them. And it, I still haven't fully broken the habit and there's only a few sounds. So imagine if your entire language learning journey during your entire language learning journey, you have basically ingrained all these pronunciation errors and you're trying to go back and fix them after, like, whew, I really understand. It gave me a, a much better appreciation as to how difficult that must be and how difficult that really would be. Before this experience, I did understand at a, I guess you could say intellectual level, how difficult that would be and why it's challenging etc but this experience gave me a little bit more a little bit of a deeper emotional connection to that challenge it reminded me of when i was in india actually because i had a similar experience in india where there were three sounds in gujarati that i said the same way because my mom often says them the same way and and mixes them up herself and even people in my family when they're speaking sometimes you know for whatever reason when i was growing up i heard them saying one letter even though sometimes it would be a different letter and so it reminded me of that in India when I had to retrain my ears and retrain my mouth to be able to say those sounds correctly and I was like wow I can I, I really have a have much more appreciation for people that are trying to improve their accent and how difficult that can be I think the other thing it made me realize as well is that we will hear what we want to hear what I mean by that is when I have been saying these a couple of these mandarin sounds slightly incorrectly when other mandarin speakers when native mandarin speakers spoke i would hear those incorrect sounds the way that i was pronouncing them so imagine i'll give you an extreme example imagine if i was saying you know the letter p like the letter b so instead of saying pot i said bot okay and that's all and i really thought that p in english was pronounced as b I really thought that. I, I fundamentally, I, based on my experience anyway, I have not done any research, based on a personal experience, I fundamentally believe that there are people out there that when they hear a native English speaker say pot, they hear bot, right? Or they hear that puh sound and their brain gets confused and tries to break down what it's hearing and it's like, oh, that's kind of like the buh, right? And then they, they, it converts it into bot in the brain. and. It's interesting, right? Because that takes time. That process of hearing a sound that is said one way, then your brain hears it and goes, oh, that's that B sound. It's not a B, but it's a P. But your brain hears it as a B and converts the sound into a B and then, then tells you the meaning of the word in your brain. That's a slow process because you are not hearing sounds as they are actually being said. You're hearing sounds in the way that you want to hear those sounds. Does that make sense? And I think that leads to a couple of problems, which is first of all, it affects your listening comprehension. 
because you're not hearing the words as they are meant to be said. You're hearing them in your personal interpretation. And your personal interpretation, number one, it takes your brain time to actually transform what you're hearing into your personal interpretation. And not to mention that even when you do have your personal interpretation, you might be like, what the heck did they say? What word was that? And then when you see it in a written format, you're like, oh, that's the word. I know that word. Why didn't I understand that? Well, it's because you didn't hear the word as it's actually, as it was truly pronounced. You didn't hear the sounds correctly because in your brain, you know, in your brain, it's pronounced differently. Does that make sense? Um, And it's funny because myself, literally I was watching something in Mandarin this morning and I was listening to songs last night. And literally, once I realized that I've been hearing sounds in a couple of sounds incorrectly and saying them incorrectly in Mandarin, the second I realized it and I fixed it, you know, to the best of my ability, I was able to understand way immediately, like without any extra work, immediately understand way more of the songs I was listening to, way more videos that I was watching on YouTube. I could just understand more. I was like, oh, suddenly that word makes sense. Versus before, I might have heard it, looked at the lyrics of the song or heard it, looked at the subtitles and understood when I read it, but not necessarily when I heard it. I'd be like, oh, that word. I know that word. I don't know why I didn't catch that. Well, the reason I didn't catch it is because I had an incorrect, I had an incorrect understanding of how that word is pronounced. So I'm listening for, you know, it's like if I was listening for the word pot, right? Or actually, excuse me, back up a step. It's like if I was listening for the word bot, right? Instead of pot, because I thought that the P was pronounced as a B. I'm listening for bot. The person says pot. So my brain has extra work to do to make the connection of, oh, it wasn't bot. But he said something like something else ought. Oh, that must be that must be that pot word, right? And then your brain eventually dissects it. But again, that takes too much time. And in, in quick conversations, your brain doesn't have the time to do that kind of analysis, right? It doesn't have time to figure all that out. And so once you've trained your brain on how, or your ears rather, your ears and your brain, once you've trained your ears and your brain that this is how you hear the sounds of blah, blah, blah language. This is exactly how they are actually said. Even though in, in my mother tongue, I don't have those sounds. This is what they're really saying. This is how it works. And, and you're hearing the most accurate version of what the language is supposed to sound like. And you're able to reproduce it with your mouth and you have a deep understanding. Immediately, that's going to help your listening comprehension, at least based on my personal experience. I think for many of you, you'll have the same experience as me if you work on trying to really understand what are the sounds of the language that you're trying to learn and can you actually produce them? Can you actually hear them as they are meant to be heard? I think that is a really, really good thing for all of you to do. It'll help you with so, so, so much. The last thing I will say on this topic is, I, it's just a little anecdote. It's a funny little anecdote. Um, that I've, I've, that I've had in really every language that I've learned, right? It started with, uh, it started with French. Okay. I, um, when I went to France, I spoke French decently well, but my pronunciation and my understanding of the sounds were not, were not super deep. They were not, I had a good understanding, but not perfect. Like I didn't realize that French R's were and not like, I didn't know. I didn't realize they were like that. I didn't fully realize that some of the nasal sounds in French were not said the way that I was saying them. I didn't, I didn't, I just didn't know, right? 
And when I was in France, I started to notice a little bit that people were saying things differently. I'd be like, wait, how did you say that word? How did you say the word like trois? Like, what was that? And I started to notice that, you know, I was not saying things the way that other people were saying them. And I, I spent a lot of time, quote unquote, fixing my accent and fixing my ears so I could hear things as people were saying them and say them as people and, and pronounce them as people were pronouncing them. And um, in France, the other thing as well, I had a lot of help actually. My French exchange student, the person I was living with originally, the first time I went to France, he really helped me with this too. And he really gave me a lot of guidance. So big ups to him, big ups to Yuan, um, really helped a lot. But the other thing as well is my ears at the time and my mouth was more trained around a Canadian French, like a French Canadian dialect, but was not super trained around a France dialect and a France accent and so I had to retrain and rewire my brain in a sense to be able to adapt to that scenario. So I had the experience in French where I had to kind of retrain and really narrow down on the sounds in order to be able to understand, fully understand what people say, fully communicate what I, what I want to say, really push that listening comprehension, etc. And I've even had it in Spanish. I remember in Spanish I didn't, I think I was told, and I don't even remember exactly how it worked, but I think I was told that Spanish D's and T's are the same as English. I think that's how I was taught. It was either that I was taught incorrectly or I just didn't make the connection that they were different. And I remember I was sitting in my, in my uh, Spanish high school class, my high school Spanish class. And I remember we had this girl from Belize, right? And she spoke Spanish natively. I don't even know why the heck she's in her class, but she was there. And I would hear her and I'd be like, there's something up with those D's and T's. She's not saying them the same way. I would listen to my teacher, same thing. She's not saying them the same way. And I remember thinking like, something's up here. And then finally I realized that, oh, I think it's like in Gujarati. I think it's the same one that we have. Sure enough, I was right and that was the difference. And I've noticed on and on so many different, my ears tend to pick up on them if I'm exposed to the language, to native speakers for long enough, I tend to start catching them naturally. And, and then I will adjust the errors that I'm making in the pronunciation. And really the whole moral of this is, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I fundamentally am starting to realize as I'm looking back in hindsight at how I've been learning languages and catching certain patterns now, I've caught this pattern that partway through my studies, usually when I'm at this intermediate stage or maybe even a little bit higher, I always seem to hit this phase where I, I kind of go back and I, I always focus on the, on the pronunciation side and the sounds of the language to get them really as perfect as I can. And that always, it's always been actually, it, weirdly enough, that's always been the unlock for me. It's always been the unlock for me that allows me to go from you know, that intermediate, maybe even upper intermediate, and allows me to really excel. I don't know why. I mean, I think I'm going to have to really monitor this experience with Mandarin as I really continue to work on this accent and pronunciation. I think I'll have to monitor what's going on. But my, my hypothesis so far, based on my experiences, is that once you've retrained your ears to hear the sounds correctly, and you retrained your mouth, to say the sounds correctly. Once you've done that, it immediately makes um, it immediately makes native native speakers way easier to understand because you're hearing exactly what they meant to say, 
and not, and your brain doesn't have to listen for the wrong sounds and then interpret what the Mandarin or the whatever speaker is saying and transform it so your brain can understand. That's too hard, it's too hard for your brain. So if you can really hear people as they are meant to be heard, all of a sudden, your brain can comprehend the things it is hearing. Or even if it doesn't comprehend the things it is hearing, you can easily pinpoint, I didn't catch that word. I didn't catch that word. What was that word? I, I, I know exactly what you said, but I don't know what that means. And then it's, at least it's not foreign. At least it's not like you heard someone speak and it was such a big blur of like, blah, 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 and you're like, I don't even know where to start with that. Does that make sense? I think that's the thing. And once you've achieved that, it's way easier to tackle the language. It's way easier to pick up new words. It's way easier to remember new words because it doesn't sound foreign anymore. It's way easier to pronounce those words. It's way easier to catch up, to catch up, to catch on to, to the little nuances that maybe you're not taught in class. So you can watch a three minute YouTube video. Maybe you don't understand everything, but you can catch certain nuances that you couldn't catch before because your ears are better. Does that make sense? And so it's just something I've been realizing and, um, you know, now that I've, I'm on my third, uh, my third, actually technically fourth, technically fourth foreign language now, um, since I have studied Gujarati officially now, but it's technically my fourth foreign language and I'm really starting to notice patterns of when I study languages that allow me to succeed. And so I'm excited to share some of those patterns with you. And I think as I get better and better at this, these episodes, these podcasts, my content is just going to get better and better for you because I just learn more about my process and what works and what doesn't work and seeing other people's failures and successes because this is the last thing I'll say, but I, I, I take a lot of pride in being extremely entrenched and deeply entrenched um, in language learning in a, in a practical way and not a theoretical way. What I mean by that is I teach languages to many different people. I reply to everyone's comments and messages. I, you know, I will observe what people struggle with. I myself, I'm very introspective with my own process. I'm learning lots of languages. I'm observing people, I'm helping people, I'm, I'm watching their reactions. Like I am really, I guess you could say, um, I guess you could say, I'm trying to find the words for this, but I myself am learning so many, I myself am focused so heavily on learning languages. And I talk to so many people who are also learning languages that I'm getting, I'm doing my research. I'm getting my research from the mouth of the horse. Like I'm getting my research from individual hundreds of language learners. I don't get my research by reading research. That's a good way to put it. I do my research not by reading research studies. I do my research by observing both my own experiences and the experiences of the 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, like the hundreds of people that I talk to who are learning languages and hearing about their experiences and what they're struggling with and why they struggle, what worked for them, what didn't. That's where I'm getting my research from. I'm not getting my research from reading the study that someone else did with a focus group and control this, control that. I'm just living it and I feel very, I feel very proud about that. I feel proud that I'm so close to the ground and so close to, you know, yeah, so close to the ground. That's the only real way I can think of putting it. I don't know if that makes sense. It makes sense to me. And that's really all that matters, at least for this part of the podcast, because I said it just for my own benefit. I wanted to say that to myself and kind of pump myself up. 
<laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, let's wrap this up here. It's going to go on for 20 minutes, so let's wrap this up. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your ears. I appreciate your attention. We will talk later. Bye for now, guys. See ya.